is not an isolated situation in this country, but I know what I know what the cycle is going to be. And then we'll go to normal everyday day scheduled programming. And the problem is, is that in these particular situations, when we have to come on television or anybody else has to talk about it, that hates this part of what we are as a country, then it's, it's always isolated. Well, it's this and it's that. The bottom line is that it happens too much in the country. That's the bottom line. So as we move forward, when we talking about football and, and celebratory, we just coming off of a Super Bowl. I was excited to come on today and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs parade. This is the back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions. It doesn't even matter anymore. And that's the magnitude of what's happening. And it happens too often in this country that we live in, which is great, by the way. And you know me, I'm a fisherman, I'm a hunter. I love gun rights. Something needs to be done about these particular situations that seem to happen in this country in particular far too often. Marcus Spears on ESPN. ESPN was a little late getting the coverage of what happened yesterday because they were in pre-taped NBA t television shows. Mm -hmm. So while like the 24-hour news networks had gone to coverage, ESPN was still not there. Albert Breer reported yesterday the Chiefs left the parade in buses and in shock, I'm told players were unbelievable and calming, panicked kids. Blaine Gabbert, Trey Smith, Austin Ryder, Chris Oladokun all rallied. Smith went to one upset kid, gave him the WWE title belt, sat with him until he calmed down. So there you yeah. go. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was tweeting out about ways to get involved down at the hospital, too. So, Yep. So there you go. That happened. And... You know, watching the scenes, I imagine it's terrifying. So thoughts to everybody out there and, uh, you know, wish that something could be done, of course. that's <laughs> you, you get cynical or I don't know what the word is. Watch the, who is it? Uh, what's his name? The guy that Woj was right about. <laughs> if you know, you know. The guy that Woj was right about when he got suspended. Adrian oh. Wojnarowski, yeah. He tweeted some nonsense. He's taken $5 million or something from gun companies. You know, it's all cool. Anyway, hey, good morning. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it on the rails here as best we can. Um, Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Want some instant trivia? Uh, sure, why not? And then I want to talk about Sam Reinhart's return. It's on Sam Reinhart. Oh, all right. Instant trivia brought to you by The Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Is it Sam Reinhart's top five favorite hot dogs? Because don't forget, we do have to do hot dog of the day. We do. There's another opponent in tonight. It's not Florida's first appearance, right? But it could um, be. It's no. I think, I think this is. is their this is their first time here this year. Because I think no, they are. You want to know why? I looked up earlier in the year in yeah, they in my down sicko there. mode saber mode. Is it possible that Reinhardt could score his fiftieth goal in Buffalo? Their second last game of the season is in Buffalo. Okay. So he might. Hey, he could score his fortieth tonight in Buffalo and score his fiftieth. This is, this is their first matchup of the year, these two. On either side? I think so. They're good. It's amazing. Wow. They have all their games left against Florida. Sabres. And they're, and they're 10 points. <laughs> Sabres, Pan right, yeah, right. Sabres Panthers all time. The most recent one was, uh, just making sure here, April. Yeah. They have three games coming up against Florida. And for what it's worth, how has this matchup looked the last, like, ten times these two teams have played? Mm -hmm. not, not, not not getting too metaphorical. It has looked like men versus boys. Yeah. 
The only win I can think of is when Craig Anderson had like 50 saves. Last year, <laughs> Shut up. Last year the Sabres won 3-1. to one. Yeah. They had lost six straight. And when these two teams play, usually it gets chippy and the Panthers push the Sabres all over the ice. That's how it's gone lately. We'll see how that... How that goes tonight. Okay, Reinhardt trivia. Ready? How many players did Sam Reinhardt assist on a goal for during his Sabre career, you think? How many different scores did he assist on? 13. 35. Okay. Name all... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Just give me the top... Give me the top five. The five scores that scored more than 10 goals assisted by Sam Reinhardt in okay. his Sabre's career. Eichel. Number one with 38, that is by far the most. Probably not a big surprise to anybody. In fact, I was going to look up, this might take a lot of effort, but like, where would that rank all time for the Sabres? Like, assist to goal, Reinhardt to Eichel. Or Eichel to Reinhardt, maybe it would even be more. I don't know. Because they played together on the same line for like five years. Yeah. They put up numbers, didn't have success, team-wise. What's second place? How, what's 15. 15. Like, I want to put Darlene in here because they would have played a good number of games together. Three. Okay, that's not it, though. No, it's not it. Not okay. even close. Skinner? He's third with 14. Kane? Kane, fifth with 12. Olofsson? That's a good guess. He's number two. 15 is Victor Olofsson, surprisingly. So, one more? One more. He didn't play on O'Reilly's line, did Enough. he? Enough. 13. Huh? 13, O'Reilly, okay. That's your list. Guys, I almost had you guess the guys who he only had one with. Oh, boy. But that would have been really tough. Uh... Like, were you ever going to guess Cal O'Reilly? <laughs> or C.J. Smith? Cal O'Reilly. Or Jimmy Vesey? Or <laughs> Seth Griffith? Or Nathan Bullew? Tage Thompson, only two, by the way, on this list. 38 assists, though, from uh, Reinhardt to Eichel. But not together. Reinhardt back tonight. Looking for his 40th. Looking for his 40th. Yep. And you mentioned earlier that he's like got the number one defensive rating in the league among forwards. So he might be more of the Selkie guy. Although, like, he's kind of up for everything. I don't know about the heart, but he's, I mean, the Rocket Richard race, he's only three behind Austin Matthews. That's going to be tough for him to overcome, but he's right there. He's the only one even close. I guess he's in the Selkie conversation. The heart, I mean, that might be a little tougher. But he's he's listed on the odds, but he's behind. He's like sixth or seventh, so hmm. he's very likely to come away with a major award this year. And it's a contract year for him. So what does somebody pay him? Ten mil, maybe. Let's get stupid. The Sabers give him fifteen million dollars to come back next year. There's no world he would come back. Not even for fifteen. Nope. Twenty. Nope. Thirty million. Nope. Yeah, no, I don't I right? don't I don't think so either. What do How could you possibly I mean, everyone that's left has tasted success. Right. They would and, never want to revert back to it's cuz it's still the gloominess that they had when they were here. Well, forever how whose fault that was, whatever. They were a part of it and everyone's gone off to success. Bogosian's won the cup. O'Reilly, Eichel's won the cup. Kane and Reinhardt are winning like six playoff series at a time. What do, and I I don't, I'm not like dancing on graves here, or not trying to say LOL told you so or anything like that. You know, we all have yelled about the Sabres for a decade and yelled at each other. I'm sure friendships and marriages have been, 
you know, this guy's a bad guy. No, he's not. Uh, what does everybody do with what the guys that have left, the success that they've had, while here this team sits still in the bottom of the conference, bottom of the division, mm-hmm. and nothing has really changed? The names have changed. The song's the same. The jerseys have even changed. The jerseys have changed. You've got new players that you think are good and you like and are now disappointing you in different ways. The people that yelled the loudest, they used to call us and yell about Eichel and Reinhardt and how they're not winners and they don't lead. And they, well, What do they do with this? How do they handle this? What do you say? You yelled it for years. And yeah. maybe you thought they were the problem. Maybe you think... That that them leaving was the right move, and I'm not saying I'm not even saying like they should have kept them. That's not that's not really what this is. What do you do with what has happened? Given that you were, if you were one of those very willing to scapegoat two guys, among others, I saw Evan Rodriguez had a, what did he get like his hundredth point or something last night? Not career, hundred something. 100th goal, maybe? 100th career goal. I think he's... Is he on Florida also? Is he playing here I think, tonight? I think he is. He is, yeah. Rodriguez is back here tonight, too. He Even he... Right, like, he's... He's good. He's pretty good. It he's, was, he's, a fi- he's not great. He's a fine player. 200th point, by His the way. 200th career point. And he has... I mean, they're all in the last three years. 32, 39, 43 are his last three seasons. It's a guy that... It's not it. amazing, but... He has to get traded from here because... They but, didn't play him enough. I mean, everybody yeah. that's come through has kind of seen what's going on. There's a point to be made about Middlestat. Like, does Middlestat want to sign? How how eager should the Sabers be to sign Middlestat? If you're Middlestat, might still believe in what they've got going, whether that's with Kevin Adams or Don Granado. But mm-hmm. you know, anybody that wanted to leave because they said they didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. I mean, there was a rebuild, and here they are about to draft eighth again. What do you do with it? I don't know how. You can think of the middle stat situation and not consider the possibility that he wouldn't want to do this anymore. Anybody. We don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, the, the the building is emptying one by one every time they lose, you know, these games where they're just over by the first period. And that guy's been through it for six years. He was here in 2017. No, excuse me. It was the 17-18 year. He showed up at the end. So since 2018, six years. That can wear on a guy, and I would, I mean, I hope this isn't true. How could you blame him if he looks at everybody that's left and sees that they their their hockey lives immediately get better? And why he wouldn't, that wouldn't appeal to him. And it's, it's worth asking another question, which is all these polls about, you know, buildings to play in. There was that poll from was it the Athletic or Hockey News? Who did that? It was poll? the it was the Athletic uh, asking players. players in the league now the number of players that said it doesn't feel like the NHL when you come here and it's gloomy and it's bad. How much do the Sabers' own players think that? I mean, not saying anything yeah. about the town. We don't like the town or the people. Right. But I play in that building all the time. That people come into and say it doesn't feel like we're in the NHL when we play there. Right. Versus when you go, I mean, you get a taste of it when you go elsewhere, right? It's tough. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's, it's bad. You've got to turn. The only way to flip that is to start winning too. That's the thing. Like, it feels like this never-ending cycle of the talent shows up and then the disappointment hits and then it continues and now it's dark and gloomy in there and it doesn't feel like the NHL and the players get just down about it and then they leave and then, oh, look, we're in the NHL again. And then they start winning. 
and then we start the cycle all over again. New players, talented, and they come in here, and oh, there's the disappointment, and oh, now it doesn't feel all that fun in there anymore, and now, how, how much fun is anybody having? That doesn't change. I mean, it was last year, right? It was starting to change just because there was even energy in the building. Yeah, it was nice. The arena was full enough by the end of the year where that probably felt more like the NHL than ever. I mean, Eichel said what he said after they lost that first game when he was here. And he said, that's the loudest I've heard that building. And he was saying it probably out of bitterness of what had just happened. But that that's a thought probably in a lot of players' heads of... It's just not the experience you probably dreamt of when you were a little kid wanting to play in the NHL. So what the Sabres have to fight against is that. Is if you don't have a tie to the city, if you don't have a tie to the organization, Casey Middlestat's a kid from Minnesota. And he dreamed of playing in the NHL his entire life. And this is six years in. This is what the experience is. Again, hope I'm wrong. How could you blame him if he thought... I'd like to see what this is like somewhere else. And the only way to correct that is to start winning. 8030550. Josh and Chitawaga ahead of Sabres and Panthers tonight at the uh, at KeyBank Center. Hey Josh, good morning. Hey boys, good morning. So essentially where I'm at is I'm done blaming the former players. It seems to be not them. They seem to be successful in a multitude of different organizations, which means we got to go a little bit higher up the ladder in the management ownership I feel like the only way we can get their ear is in their pockets i've chose the last seven eight years to not spend a dollar on the sabers no merchandise no tickets no fancy hot dogs they just need to get to the playoffs put make some move put a winner on the ice to really get me back to get the family back it's something that's still on in the background on most nights on game night but it's not hey, we're going to sit around and watch the game tonight. And, and like, the passion is its deep down buried there. But, yeah. you know, that's about the only way our voice comes across is in their pocketbooks nowadays. Yeah, thanks, Josh. You know, I was thinking about this, that I spent a lot of the offseason watching the one-hour montage of all of the Buffalo Sabres goals from last year. Mm-hmm. I told the story on the air a lot. My son and my daughter, my son especially, he would ask me every day, watch Buffalo Sabres goals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would watch <laughs> Buffalo Sabres goals, and they started yelling Tage Thompson's name and kind of came into this year excited to, you know, build on that. And we've taken them to kids' day games. It's it's one of the things that, it's to me, it's important to separate the on-ice product and the things that the organization tries to do better, which I do think they've done a better job of this year. Yep. Food's better. You know, the hot dogs. We- oh, man, they've come such a far away from, like, the wrong jerseys during the yeah or like like the 50th anniversary season where there was a bunch of stuff like and that. And last year would have been coming a long way, too. This year, it's just the, the toughest part of it is it's another year that's going to be a, a disappointment, and it will be based on, again, doing very little. It did very little. The offseason was negligible. Nothing happened. You signed two depth defensemen. You came back with all the same goalies, and everyone thought, that's kind of weird. That worked. Yeah. You came back with Jurgensen's and Oposo again. And, and Olafson again. And Olafson never left. And it, it was just wild that everybody just stayed, and there was never any movement. Benson made the team kind of surprising. He's fine. He's good. Their biggest move was they added the Bruins' sixth-best defenseman. Yeah, and he's not 
been great. They're the way Adams is talking now. I mean, not, I'm not saying that that this should correct waiting a year, maybe too long to do a move like this. The way Adams is talking right now, aren't the odds pretty good they're going to make a move by the opener of next season that kind of re-energizes the fans? How I don't know how big a trade that would have to be though. That's the thing. Like, aren't they operating in a spot where? 70% of the free agents won't sign here. Pretty much, and which is why it would have to be a trade. All of the no-trade clauses would would list this place. Which is tough. you gotta, you got to find the guy, the team that doesn't have one. Right, your player pool. Now you're talking about guys that are on contracts that are cheap and don't have no-trade clauses, right. so they're either not good enough to get one, and this well, is painting a pretty dark picture, or they're early enough that they haven't got to that contract yet, and you can still move them around. A well, guy like Peyton Krebs, right? Like You can yeah. trade for a Peyton Krebs because he, he doesn't have a choice. So now you're dealing in trading for those level of players. When you say re-energize the fan base, it's not going to be a household name, right? I mean... It's not going to be a big free agent signing. It's not going to be a household name. I, I, it's tough to even kind of figure who it might be. With all the guys they have under contract next year, they have $26 million in cap space. Like, it, it can be expensive, can it? Like, can they go get a big name that is overpaid? Can they go get another team's Jeff Skinner because they can afford it for the next three years? I mean, they have guys under contract, but they're not in bad shape. They don't have an anchor. Well, there's a question to be asked, asked there, which is, do you expect them to spend at the salary cap again? I don't, I don't know. I don't know because that that might be the way the only way you can get to the move that re-energizes everybody is you're willing the the one way you can get a big name in the building is he's on a bad contract and you're the team that's willing to give him three million more than anybody else is or again a guy that's on another contract or another team where that team just wants you know to to dump him because he might be good but. Again, like another version of Jeff Skinner, who he's like a six million dollar player that's making nine million dollars. Yeah, that's that's where you got to live, though. Like until you get better, I don't know what else you're supposed to do. That's where you've got to live if you're willing to spend the money. And I think we're about to enter a time where we wonder whether or not they're willing to spend the money. I mean, their biggest trades have been to acquire cap space to stay cap compliant for a while. We went through a couple weeks ago. I should bring that back. Free agents and trade targets since they traded Eichel, and it is a wasteland. No, there's nothing. The most significant player they added is Jordan Greenway, and that's a nice, that's been a nice move. He's been pretty good for them. I think Greenway's fine, but just when you go to an offseason with half the player pool and half the assets and maybe reluctance to spend big, well, they're going to have to take risks, right? Like They're either going to have to spend money or they're going to have to take risks. Like there's there's Friedman yesterday. He's got that the the Predators goaltender UC Saros like is probably available because they have this stud young goalie that's like he's ready to go. So here's a 28 year old number one goalie who's had Vesna votes five straight years. He's got one year left in his contract, yeah. and Lukanen's been good. That that's like okay, we we need to do something. That guy doesn't have a no movement clause. We're taking a risk because he's only got one year left on his contract and. Position wasn't even really that big of a problem for us, but this dude is one of the best goalies in hockey for seven years. So we're doing that because that's a way for us to get better. As good as Lukanen's been, if he if Saros comes in and is the third best goalie in hockey, then boom, we're a playoff team. I mean, like, well, this year are they with him in that? 
No. But uh, maybe a couple of other years they would have been. Yeah. Last year they would have been. Last year they certainly would have been. 8030550. Little Sabres cheddar. Hot dog. Hot dog. Florida. Sunrise, Florida. South Florida, South Florida, Miami, South Beach, right? It's close enough to all that. The Panther, the Cat. What else? Florida celebrities. They called the L.A. dog the Kobe. That's the right. Other night. That's right. Although, who are like Miami celebrities that they'd be willing to throw in here? Uh, people from Miami. Okay, the famous Miami. I saw someone tweet in. I don't know if this is true or not. It's called the Mister Worldwide. Pitbull. Pitbull. The Pitbull hot dog. M- Miami, uh, he he's number one on uh, on celebrities from Miami that came up for me. Gloria, Enrique Gl- Iglesias. Gloria Estefan. Okay, this hot dog looks really really good. It's like which I don't one? Know, what this Mister Worldwide hot dog that that's like it's a, a panini pressed foot long, uh, topped with roasted pork, ham, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard. I I don't mind that. Now I don't know if that's true or not. This is just from a tweet. Uh, pan- they've done the panini pressed hot dog a bunch of times. Yes, they this have. Year. It's been that's been a good move in the past. Yeah. What will it be called? The South Beach. The I kind of like the, the Pitbull vibe. Call the it pit- the Pitbull. The Pitbull. Yeah. Call the, it the Pitbull. Would the copyright infringement would he sue? I mean, they called Kobe the Kobe. Would could they not have said Kobe Bryant? I don't know. Wait a minute! Come on! They called the Nelly the country, the country grammar the story tomorrow. <laughs> Pitbull is suing the Buffalo Sabers because he named they named a hot dog after him. By by next week, he owns the team. <laughs> <laughs> that would be would that reenergize the fans if Pitbull bought a share? Eight oh three oh five fifty. Jeremy and Joe, we did instant trivia, right? We got that. It was the Reinhardt trivia. Yep. We gave you our stat of the day. Which was that Greg Williams has a better career win percentage with the Cleveland Browns than Bill Belichick did. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. I got to tell you my favorite thing about free agency is we're getting closer. We're about a month away from the start of NFL free agency. I've got my favorite thing about it that I want to just kind of laugh okay. at, have some fun with. We'll get that to you next year on WGR. The yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. I immediately wish I would have took it back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know, hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f-ing victory for him, man. The New Heights Podcast, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. The sideline bump. Kelsey did say when Andy Reid retires, he's done too. I'm not going to play for anybody else. So let's let's all all pitch in and buy Andy Reid a one-way ticket to Hawaii. That looks like a package package deal now. Kelsey's out too. 803-0550. Breaking news, the Columbus Blue Jackets fire GM Yarmo Kekalainen. Man. That, that Eric Robinson trade, it was the last straw. <laughs> they traded him away for nothing. He, he can play. You know, Yarmo Kekalainen is generally viewed as a terrible general manager, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay, I'm going to give you the following sentence as a follow-up. The Blue Jackets have made the playoffs five times since 2013. 
Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Five playoff appearances since 2013. They've won some rounds, too, haven't they? They beat the they beat Tampa the Light- Bay Lightning. They beat the Lightning. They might have been their, the Lightning. They might have been their only one. Generally viewed as a terrible GM, they've made it five times in 20, since 2013. Yeah. He, uh... He was pretty bad, I guess, but the one thing he would do is he would swing, right? Like He, he swung for Goudreau. He swung for Line A. He traded for Jeff Carter. Like We, we just got through a conversation of how are the Sabres going to convince guys to come here? Okay, well, what if they trade for guys with no, move, with no movement clause? Kekalainen once traded for Jeff Carter, and then two weeks later, Jeff Carter had to be traded because he basically showed up and said, I don't want to be here. Hmm. But like he tried, right? Yep. He traded for Line A. He traded for... Who else? He, si- he signed and traded some big names. Uh, uh, Pan- uh, Panarin. Right. From Chicago. Goudreau, he signed. Duchesne. Duchesne. I they, mean, he can never they, keep these guys they because it's a, tough to do it there, I guess. That but. was the year they loaded up and traded a bunch of the, the deadline to try and make something and go for it. That's right. Yeah. His last trade will, in fact, be Eric Robinson for a conditional was seventh. It? That's yep. funny. There you go. All right. Man. You want another trade right before that? He acquired Provorov this offseason, didn't he? From uh, from from Philly. Philly. He, he was the team that did that. This is, this is so hockey. The trade right before the, his... So Kekalainen's last trade was the Eric Robinson trade to the Sabres. Yeah. His previous trade, June 29th, was a 7th in 2023 for a 7th in 2024. Hockey trades. <laughs> you just gotta love hockey. <laughs> just the most meaningless deal yeah. ever. Provorov was a trade that they made. They acquired Damon Severson from the Devils in the offseason. That was a trade that I liked for the Sabres that How they didn't do. They acquired Jonathan Quick. And then Quick... And now... It's good again. Uh, that was another one where I think Quick showed up and said, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Because he didn't. I don't think he lasted a minute there. They acquired, or they traded Max Domi. That was a three-way trade with Florida. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Voracek. And they, I feel like they traded for Voracek twice. Yeah. They, like way back when and then also recently. Hey, like they the, traded, dude, the dude swung. Like They traded Seth Jones to Chicago mm-hmm. for two firsts and a second. Yeah, Yarmo Kekalainen fired five playoff appearances since 2013. Mike Babcock was there for like a hot minute. Must must be uh, must be nice. Must be nice, even to have that. You're mad at them Babcock. because their GM's not great, and right, like they do embarrassing things like that with Babcock in the off season, and they still have five more appearances, and they've won rounds. <laughs> yep. Ah. Uh... Okay, so free agency. You know my favorite yeah. thing about NFL free agency? We're almost, again, we're like a month away, but one month from today. Mm-hmm. We'll be some, the day after the official start. Yeah. Some fan base out there that loves to make fun of a player is going to justify, you know, I think this might work out for this guy. Mac Jones is my example here. The mm. entire football world makes fun of Mac Jones. Yes. Some team's going to sign him for a backup, and it's going to immediately be turned into... Well, you know what? Hey, listen. I think this guy might have some football left in him. Yeah. You know, he didn't get the right coach. That's right. He might be an easy one to defend because you can just sit up and say, hey, guys, Matt Patricia ruined him. We're going to fix that. That's it. What backup idea do you like most for the Bills? Spend money, draft somebody. Mac Jones ain't that bad, isn't it? How much is he going to cost to get? Like a sixth-round pick? Fifth-round pick? Just do that? 
Would you rather do? Would you rather spend a fifth round pick on a rookie, or would you rather spend a fifth round pick on Mac Jones? Uh Mac Jones. Is that is that so easy? Did I just do that? Is that the best idea? They could sign Trubisky back. He's available again. And then we can get to the deadline. I can listen to why he they shouldn't trade him for a second round pick again. Because that happened once. Still blows my mind. Uh but that's reasonable, I think, right? He's been here and no. he's more accomplished, isn't he, than Kyle Allen? You don't want Mac Jones. You don't want Mac Jones? Why? Cap hit five million. Okay. Nope. See you Out. later. Tyrod. Tyrod. Yeah, no, five million, no way. Uh they they can't spend money on it. They can't spend money. Like, like the, the dr- mid-round rookie seems like the, the reasonable idea, I think, now. Yeah, but not too high on the mid-round. They've got other needs. Like, what about a fifth? Is that the high, as high fifth. as you go? But if, doesn't, like a, doesn't a fifth feel like you're then not prepared at backup quarterback? I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, would you feel worse about a fifth than you did about Kyle Allen this year? I I mean, the, the argument I would try to make on that is that you know, I at least have an unknown with a fifth-round rookie where I've seen Kyle Allen but I and I kind of know what he is. But right? I, don't wa- I don't want an unknown. I want a known. Trubisky was but always you, but, but, a good but, idea to me because this guy has played and can succeed in the league. He's not Josh Allen. Hopefully he never plays. But if he does play, he has thrown 24 touchdowns in a season. A fifth-round pick might go in and be, you know, what? I think from the Bills, but what you don't I, want to know terrible, right? Like that's kind of what like a Kyle Allen I, is, isn't I, it? Sure, I, I, sure. I don't want to know terrible. I want to know can play this game and a fifth round draft pick. This is the kind of team that look at how many backups had to play last year. Josh Dobbs yeah. played for multiple teams. Yep. The number of Flacco. backups. Jake Browning. Jake Browning. Jake Browning was good. For Cincinnati. He was, he was a six-round pick. That's right, he was a six-round pick. And he so. went a couple years without playing, and then, like, okay, here we go. Like this, So they've done that for years now, right, Cincinnati has? Yeah. Um, Huntley, by the way, in Baltimore is kind of the same thing, like the late-round pick or even maybe undrafted, and they just kind of let him sit back there. Yeah, Jake, I mean, you could go one year where you have the veteran and you have the rookie backup, and, you know, by year two, if the rookie backup looks like, okay, this is capable, then we can just not go for the veteran again. Yeah. Jake Browning spent three years with Minnesota and then four years with Cincinnati before playing a game. Oh, so he's been around a while. Long time. Okay. What, I mean, what you want to do with backup quarterback for the Bills is, again, it's not easy to do it. You want to check a couple boxes to me. As cheap as possible, not spend an asset on it, so not a draft pick. But I can't spend $7 million. I can't spend three. I, what, you can't spend much I can't at spend all. much at all. But you're right. Like, man, a lot of backups did play last year. Like, I don't know, is it unrealistic for them to go get one of these... What do these veteran types want? Like, what what does a Tannehill want? What does a Flacco want? Or does Flacco want to retire, maybe? Do you just bring Kyle Allen back? Kyle Allen was one year, one million, pretty much. You want it again? Uh, I'd I'd like a more reasonable idea. Is somebody giving him more? Who, Kyle Allen? Yeah. No. He did not attempt to pass. How many snaps did he take? Like, what, garbage time handoffs and kneel downs? Yeah. That's pretty much it. Which is fine. He had 38 snaps. Kyle Allen. Didn't throw a pass. I think maybe, maybe, I think the right answer here is you find the cheapest, maybe maybe it's Kyle Allen again, maybe it has to be. You find the cheapest veteran you can get your hands on and you spend that 5th, 6th, 7th round pick on a quarterback and you just you go through camp, and you give that guy the opportunity to to win you over as okay he can be our number two, and if he doesn't 
then you give them one year on the bench or the practice squad, and that's it. If, they, if you haven't done it by the second year, then you have to do something else. But I think what you'd like to get to is what where the Bengals are, right? Like, Or where the Ravens are. Cheap, young guy that they can just have on a rookie deal for a couple of years. That's where I'd like to get to yeah. rather than having every year to, to, to go find a different veteran, I think. If you want the most nitpicky thing of all time, did the Bills miss an opportunity to let Kyle Allen throw like 10 passes? Would you like he he didn't throw one pass for you? I mean, these are the games he went into. New Year's Eve Patriots, he ran it twice, two kneel downs. Okay. Single score game, fine. Cowboys, he went in. You were dominating. You don't want to get I mean, five passes for Kyle Allen if I you're hear ya, but if, if you're Kyle Allen's agent, you're calling and saying like, "Listen, my guy's making a million dollars. He's your backup. Can you let him throw a pass?" This year, I mean, what? What? Who is he calling with that? With that question, though, what are we? What are we doing? Joe, with that some question? of these games, he went in for the Raiders and the Commanders and the Jets and the Cowboys. Those were four Bills blowouts. Yeah, where you put but, the backup quarterback in, he had thirty-eight snaps, and they wouldn't let him throw the ball once. But he's not like a rookie quarterback. The dude's got seven hundred passes in his career. Like, give the guy a handshake. <laughs> he's he, the whole training camp. He's throwing passes. He can't throw a single pass. I mean, he was throwing in training camp. He was throwing it to the other team. If you remember back that far, by the way, we were wondering if he was going to get cut for Matt Barkley. There was a preseason game, wasn't there? But preseason doesn't matter. Again, wasn't there a second? The second preseason game, weren't we all coming in the next day saying, "Oh, Matt Barkley's retaking the second job"? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it was the first preseason or the first preseason it was game. The first, and then it was the second. We're like, okay, there you go. It went back to Kyle Allen. So, like, I don't know, like, who's who's Kyle Allen? Million dollars, probably might not even been in the league if the Bills hadn't signed him last year. And he's attempted 700 passes. What do I need? A development they, for him? They let Kyle Williams run a touchdown in. That's Kyle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be on the Wall of Fame if they still have one at the new stadium or something. Josh Allen's the only player to have attempted a pass for the Bills this season. It's not even like we got a running back that threw one and Kyle Allen didn't. Well, they don't do trick plays anymore. That's I right. want Tyrod Taylor. That's what I want. I want to bring Tyrod back. Can I get him? One, one million? Two million? End of his career. Come back home. Please don't confuse my incredulousness with actually being upset that Kyle Allen didn't throw a pass. I just feel like, you know, throw the guy a bone. If you're Josh Allen and he's friends with you, once once he's 30... Well, that's a requirement. We've talked about this. You've got to be friends with the quarterback or you're not on the team. Once he's 30 snaps in and hasn't thrown a pass, might you go to the coach and be like, can you let Kyle throw one? We call Wait, who is saying this? Josh. Josh is saying it's it? saying this to the coaches now. Come on. This is like shake and bake. But then Kyle this Allen throws it deep, and now I've got a controversy like when Jameis Winston ran a touchdown at the end of the game in that's... Week 18, and now I'm running up the score, and now that's a whole thing. He had 38 snaps. They were not all kneel downs. 25 snaps. Right, I could have hand... given him one play action one pass. One rollout. <laughs> Maybe one play action pass. Come on, Bill. Isn't so... Uh... Isn't so unreasonable. What about uh, Zach Wilson? What's his contract? It's probably the same as Mac Jones because he's, uh, he's available for trade. Too much. I mean, he's going to be a second overall pick. Also, if you want, what do you want for a backup quarterback? If you want safe, conservative, don't turn the ball over, hold on, hold that on. might be the guy you go for. If you want the wildest ride of your life, you might throw Zach Wilson Listen, back there. What we need to happen is we need the NFL trade market to be someplace that you're only allowed to make a trade publicly. And what I mean by that is the Jets should have to go to a podium, a stage, like an auction. And they say, all right, uh, now it's time 
and this is the only opportunity for any team to trade for Zach Wilson. The asking price for the Jets is a seventh-round pick. Zach Wilson brings with him an $11 million cap hit. Okay, no, never mind. Wait, they're trying. There's reports that they're they think they're going to trade him yes. with eleven million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. That's ridiculous. An eleven million dollar cap hit for Zach Wilson. Not yeah, no. all, not Out. all at once. Who's interested? Remember, the Bills reportedly made an offer to get Trey Lance from the Niners in the preseason last year. Okay, I don't know where he stands. He's on the Cowboys still. I mean, I don't think the Cowboys trade for him if they didn't imagine him as the backup to Dak Prescott in the future. But the Bills, the Bills thought that was going to work, and that's the same draft. Like, what's the cap hit there? Because the Bills thought the Bills made an offer thinking that they were going to fit his money last year. So here's your answer to that: You call the Cowboys, you trade for Trey Lance, and then you extend him and restructure him if you wanted to. Because Trey Lance's cap hit is five point three. You can't do that. No. On the, on the, he's got one year, one you, year left on his deal. Five point three is the you, cap. Hit. You give him like one year of an extension, and you split it down the middle for like two, two and a half. Go do that again. I'm into that. I just want. I want a backup quarterback that's mobile. Sam Darnold, whoever. I, I want a backup quarterback that's mobile. That's what yeah. I would really like. Uh, other than Flacco, a lot of the guys that came in. How did Josh Dobbs keep his keep the Vikings above water for a time? How did he do? How did he have the Cardinals out of the first overall pick early on? Dude's not a good passer. He runs. That's it. Tyler Huntley, same thing. How did they almost beat the Bengals in a playoff game when Lamar Jackson got hurt last year? He's not a good passer. He runs. You're never gonna get a good arm. You're never gonna get an efficient passer as a backup. I just want a guy that can run the ball a little bit because I need that off schedule. If if you're gonna miss Allen for like three, four games and you need to go 500, give me give me someone that can run. Tyrod. Tyrod. Would he come back here? Maybe. Wonder how his relationship was was with McDermott. I mean, he did get benched for Peterman. (laughs) Maybe never mind. That might be tough to come back from. I don't know. I know I once benched you for the worst quarterback to ever play in the NFL, but anyways. 803-0550. Extendo Sports next in the Extra Point Show as we roll here on uh, this Overcast. I turn around and look, it's overcast. Felt like it was sunny earlier. Anyway, overcast Thursday. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550. 2020 Sports. Extendo Sports. All right, game night tonight. Sabres and Panthers. We'll get a hot dog of the day. See if the Sabres have answers against these uh, Panthers who are... They're really good. They're really hot, too. Like, they're... They're uh, rolling goal differential or whatever. They, they've they're seven two and one in their last ten. They've won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Their goal differential is a plus thirty nine. They're two points back of the Bruins. I bet they probably win the division. I like that. Yeah. They would they be favored to win the East right now? I might because if not, well, even if so, I might want to want to bet them. Yeah. They beat the Penguins last night. If there's one. Nice thing for the Sabres tonight. Their Panthers are coming off back to back. Yep, they won last night in Pittsburgh, right? Yep. They are the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. Florida. Yeah. They're the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. The most likely Stanley Cup matchup by the odds is Edmonton and Florida. Edmonton eight and two in their last ten. Vegas seven two and one in their last ten. Vancouver seven one and two in their last ten. The Pacific is a uh, is a real race there. Will Florida? Oh, Vancouver's got a huge lead, but yeah, Florida. 
being in the Sabre division for... Has it been like 10 years now? Yeah, it's been a long time. The division's not doing the Sabres any favors. For instance, no. 5-5-0, five, five and, five, five and oh, that's where the Sabres are in their own division. 5-5-0? Five, five and oh. Yeah, in the last 10 games. In the last 10 games, the, the Sabres have 10 points in the last 10 games. That's the second lowest total. Mm-hmm. The lowest total is Ottawa, or sorry, Montreal, who has nine. So 10 points in 10 games yeah. is losing ground. Interestingly, we thought maybe coming into the year. All right, Boston. Again, looking idiotic. I can't believe I bought, I bought into again. Hey, maybe the Bruins are worse than normal. They're nope. never, they're never bad. Never gonna happen. Don't. Who cares who's playing center? They're just they're gonna be good. Uh, first in the division. Uh, I never thought Florida would be bad. Tampa. Hey, they're getting older. Maybe Tampa will step back. That looked like it might be happening for a little bit, and then Vasilevsky got healthy again, and now they're right back to top three. Uh, Toronto has been maybe the team. Although I guess Toronto's only one point behind Tampa, but Toronto. Interestingly, has been the team that kind of stepped back for you to catch. That was there. That was gettable. There's yep. 62 points in 51 games. A good season from the Sabers. They could have. They could have finished above Toronto. Absolutely. Will Detroit finish ahead of Toronto? They might. They're only two points back. They have to stay hot. Well, that's it. All right. Back tomorrow for a Friday. Not quite a football Friday. What's going on? we got Sabres. We'll recap Sabres and Panthers. We'll have Matt Larkin on to talk Sabres. He also is doing uh, all of the Olympic projections for daily face-off. Just want to get into that for a moment with him. Yeah. I saw Ukapekalukunen is number one in the NHL in goals save above expected in the last, like, six weeks. Yeah, since, he's, like, December 1st. He's been really, really hot, so... They'll probably need him tonight. Sabres and Panthers and Sam Reinhart's uh, another return for him to KeyBank Center, first one of the year. Thanks for listening, calling, texting, tweeting, all that good stuff. Extra Point Show next on WGR.